Gab and Girl Time contains explicit sexually mature themes and is intended for a mature audience. The opinions expressed here do not necessarily reflect the views of any platforms, sponsors, or social media. Sister, soul sister, your sister, roll sister. Yeah. Bing. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. We have a kind of a routine here. We sit down, we chat about like what we're going to talk about, and then we just start recording and seeing what comes out. And then when we, when we decide to start the show, we start the show. And that's when I say the intro. But you were telling me before that you made a little joke oh yeah because we were talking about about daddies we were talking about daddies and we were talking about how blessed blessed we are how awesome our daddies are yes and as as i'm i have a lot of jokes about mine and daddy's relationship and things like that because you know it's part of my life i try to make my life a little more absurd than what it is but my life has always been kind of absurd whose friends that are hairdressers lives are not a little wacky you know you're a very interesting person really because i've been around interesting people not because it's me i think that i've just been a conduit <laughs> the other cool experiences i've had a lot of cool experiences so i guess but thanks thanks i'm gonna take that compliment damn it that's right but daddies i know my life has changed since i met mine like i am a nicer person i am more focused on certain things um i feel like i've grown in my submission to one person yes and the give and the take that you get and I I can tell you I get more than I ever am able to give out yeah because he takes care of me yes yeah I know it's a weird Brett we're gonna brag on daddy's day yeah I've already bragged on him so much in the beginning of this podcast that I felt like it started to sound sort of ridiculous because no person's perfect he has his things believe me you Mm -hmm. know just like I have my things and uh but he has treated me so well and it is kind of funny because we're just father figures in general in your life because you've had two fathers I have a a father and a grandfather So, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, yeah, we'll just talk because I had two, my two dads, but they weren't gay. <laughs> They're just different timeline dads. <laughs> like, I, I've got to live two alternate realities as you have, mm-hmm. you know, because your mom was like full stop done my or they left or whatever. He'll never listen to this. So yeah. we're good. Well, mine are both dead, so I can <laughs> say whatever the fuck I want <laughs> about either one of them. Mine could be and nobody in my family would tell me. Yeah, I don't know. He's not, though, because I'm sure somebody would call me. You would think. Maybe. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. Why do you love your daddy so much? My daddy 
uh, is we met each other organically. We were not, you know, I wasn't out seeking a daddy. I was single, happy being single. I did not get married after I got divorced. I still have not gotten married since I was divorced. Don't do it. In 2006. So, you know, I practiced what I preached. If I told somebody, you know, to leave somebody. Can I just say something to the young girls out there? You don't have to get married. You know, I haven't. I actually, and the thing is, is I had even gotten married late in life. Like I had my first child at 28 and she's 28 now, you know, I mean, I'd already been out of high school 10 years before I had my daughter. So, you know, you still have a life to live and I'm still living life and they're grown. And now I'm doing my second career of stand up comedy and podcasting, which is kind of cool because I always wanted to you know be on the radio but i thought my voice was terrible and nobody would ever want to listen to it like that's like i thought oh god i have the most boring voice ever i think that people who like to talk will do different voices yeah do do you do different accents and different voices yeah i do all kinds of craziness yes I have have a lot of different personalities. Well, when my daughter, when my youngest and I, we would like to go and uh, to the grocery store and she was maybe, I don't know, five or six, but we would talk in a Russian accent and make people think that. (laughs) Well, I did a lot of stuff. I would read to them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do all the voices and accents like. Uh, Jack and the Beanstalk were, instead of being English, they were all Irish for some reason. <laughs> you know? Well, uh, he, they smell, smelled the bones of an Irish, of an Englishman, remember? In this? <laughs> so I was like, oh, they've got to be Irish. But I feel um, that I am a superb story reader. Like yes. having a grandbaby and getting to do all the voices. Yes, you should do yeah. it. Oh, we do it. We do it every day. We always read the same three books. Very <laughs> right groovy. now. I have, a... but that's something she'll remember. She'll be like, "My Gigi used to read Llama Llama to me." Yeah, or... they do. I they love when you. I was a big reader. So some people say that is uh, escapism. I definitely had a dysfunctional family when I was growing up. Well, yeah. But uh, am I going first on this or do you want to go first? I don't know. This? You We were talking about daddies. Oh, and we yeah. Got and then I was completely sidetracked. I did about all the daddies. I'm thinking about all the daddies in my life. Bill, my daddy, we, uh, we met organically. So it wasn't... Uh, but that night I saw him and he saw me. So basically, um, I could tell he knew who I like, not who I was as in that's this girl. I know her name. Like he saw me, like our conversation was good. And, uh, you know, he's, he's good at reading people as well. So he could just been, you know, whatever, but I was like, well, that's cool. And we did not immediately start. uh, The first time I saw him out after initially meeting him, he came to a comedy show because I was like, yeah, I'm a comic, blah, blah, blah. You know, so he came to an open mic at Sassy Ann's, which um, 
Oh my gosh. The bartenders are so awesome there. We were just talking about Sassy Ann's and I, how much we miss it. I know. I wish we could do fundraisers and get it up to code and make sure that Vicky could do everything if she's st- if it's still okay, hers you're getting or whatever. sidetracked again. I know. Okay, cut all that out. But anyway, <laughs> um, so he came there, but I was drunk, and uh, he drove me home and I tried to be a naughty girl and he was like no you were drunk that is not okay <laughs> I can totally see you doing that yes I was so bad and then he delivered me to my house where my son is there to collect me and then he's like um wow I really appreciate you bringing her home uh you know because I, I wouldn't get trashed to go back to Sevierville and all that so um he he was like yeah he goes well she had a good set tonight and a lot of people <laughs> rewarded her and I think she just didn't want to tell him no you know but uh tell her I'll be back at 11 to get her and I was like okay you know so RJ is, helps me go to my room which was great and he's just like shaking his head like great you know but he had told bill this is not normal and he was just like here just insane so glad you're home safe whatever and so he went to bed but if i had too much to drink i would call him or sarah and be like hey come and get me so anyway he took me home was a gentleman dropped me off to my kid and then came back the next day sharp 11 o'clock sharp and I woke up at like 10 45 and I was still drunk and so my eyes were so bloodshot and because we closed the bar down at three I know it was a Friday so this is Saturday morning this is your first like encounter not first encounter but it's like Daytime Not really a date encounter. I'm going to see him after I have checked him for tacos and then he comes and he yeah. sees me do comedy and get sloppy drunk. It's horrible. But open it was awful. I was so in my head so much and did not drink like I'm not a big drinker but I would drink when I went out to do comedy to support the venues and stuff. Yeah. But not being good at it you know it's awful so um it you know i shot myself in the foot by drinking too much at comedy however uh bill um so it sounds like to me that bill got your shit together well he helped me focus for what i needed to do if i wanted to he was like if you love doing hair and you just want to be an open micer and that's what you want to do that's beautiful do that you're great at hair you know you're a freaking rock star at hair you can excite i want you to be happy in whatever you do i just want you to do something that you're passionate about literally is that's his philosophy i when i make art when i do my cards and do paper crafting or whatever he loves that because we had had talks early on and i was like listen i just have to create i'm not you know i'm it's there's a disconnect in this in my generation when it comes to art and what there was so much gatekeeping as to how you could do something or when you could do something or what credentials you had to be valid to do whatever yeah but i never got that art is 
anybody it's can do subjective, art. Yes, yeah, and you can do subjective, yes. It's subjective and you can do whatever you the fuck you want to well, do. Well, that's amazing at how different curriculum changes in six years. You know, we don't think about it, but that's how, I mean, you can and shift it was a encouraged. lot of minds. Yes. Well, when... Uh, don't you remember you had to do like a, you had to do music every year. Yes. Now, you had to do some in, kind of music. In school you did because it yeah. helped your brain and development. But to get out and do a real job, quote unquote, a real job and to make money and to be able to actually support yourself. Like if you were, you were highly encouraged like I was to get a trade, even when you went to college, because my family you know my father and my natural father and they're like all stair steps in age and like my mom with that they have uh you know they're like decades difference in ages my dad my natural father was nine years older than my dad so nearly 10 i mean than my mom you're getting ahead and so okay yeah so I want to hear about what your daddy oh, does with Bill for me. Yeah, yes, I'm sorry. what he Shit. does for you and where you where you see it going. Because you're just going to get better, and I think he encourages that a lot. Oh yeah, he's super happy. He's with definitely me to influential succeed. in getting this podcast going. So yes. he's kind of my daddy too because I told him. Like, he was like, well, what do you really want to do? And I had said, you know, honestly, even when I started doing stand-up, I thought it would be really cool to have a podcast. That was 10 years ago. What? How awesome if I just started doing a podcast? Like, I dated, you know, somebody... You would have already... Before uh, that had a... That had, like, an internet radio show and... uh was somewhat successful. I mean, doing phone interviews with all kinds of people from all over. When I was doing comedy, it was for me and for my mom. Like, you know, my dad had just died. My natural father had died. And so I was doing comedy and I had a bad time with somebody else. And so Bill, when he came in, I was kind of broken and at a place where I was not... I was going to give up, you know, everybody comics quit comedy every other freaking day. And a lot of people should quit comedy, (laughs) like honestly, but then there's a lot of people who, um, maybe they just love it for the craft or whatever. And and I think comedy is an art as well. And it can be subjective. And yes, there's not all comedians I care for. But they have a huge following somewhere else. Now with the internet and uh, having, you know, access to the literal world in the palm of your hand, you can, everybody, there's enough room for everybody and everybody has an audience, you know, you can parlay that. Even this show. You can just decide. Yeah. Even if it's (laughs) 10, 15 people, whatever. Hey, if, you know... Ten, I haven't asked people. what the numbers have been lately. And you know what? I really don't care because yeah. this, for me, this is my just little outlet of getting things out every week because yes, consistency, uh, regardless, I mean, our voice is valid and somebody out there, somebody out there thinks we're funny. 
Well, whether they think we're funny or that we're informative or that our voices are soothing to their psyche or maybe that you sound like somebody's cousin or aunt that was really close to them that might be gone now or your life experience is like somebody can be like, damn, my life's not that fucked up or wow, my life is really fucked up or, you know, it's the human condition and we're alternative, you know? Yeah, you've have you always been like, quote the trouble per person in your family, or like they used to say the black sheep. A long oh no time no ago. no! I was secretive in my debauchery. I would hide stuff. See, you're like my sister. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would hide shit. Well, I, I would try, just I and I, I wanted too. to be. I just wasn't. I wanted to be on myself, and I knew. You know, when my mother left, that was the time to read all the dirty books. And oh yeah, now yeah. I was up to that for sure. Yeah, and just I was also There's the oldest. The same. I am secretive, actually. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Hmm. Never mind. Go ahead. Yeah, I think. Uh, I think when you're a kid, you got to keep that secret. You can't. Uh, you shouldn't be getting all tingly and you know at stuff at eight years old. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. It's really not appropriate, but yet it was fascinating to me. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. sex in general. Yes. Um, well, yeah, we I, I forgot where I was going well. with that, but yes, I was very, very secretive in everything that I did. I had the appearance of a good girl. Was that so that you felt like you can just fly under the radar or that you felt that no matter what you were doing... That it was, I know we've gone off topic again, but who knows? <laughs> With my parents, I mean, all my friends knew that I was a slut and trash. So, yeah, I think we all had. St- I definitely yeah. had stuff from my mom for a long time, even though I got caught a lot because you know she too had her things. But with Bill, he has my daddy definitely have been interested in lifestyle we don't have a agreement or anything like that we don't you know our play is like that but he isn't you know i don't know like i said that's my new joke is that i um he's like a good daddy he supports me and what i want to do and he takes care of me and he dotes on me and gives me the world and i don't even have to have sex with him so it's like being a woman of a certain age, it's like, woohoo. But I also encourage his dreams and for him to do the thing and help him yes, with it, what he's doing it takes a team. and styling him. And that's the thing where teamwork makes a dream work. And uh, I've waited for the perfect combination that suited me, that fit with my family dynamic that would be accepting of all the different personalities and different I'm very multifaceted I am a multifaceted brilliant cut diamond and diamonds are made we're all just freaking carbon and it is the pressure that is applied to them and I have sometimes through my own choices and sometimes through choices of others though I have had a very high pressure life so I didn't break and that's why I'm so dazzling and seem interesting sometimes I created my own hell but I had to pay for all that there is 
just like there is no action without an opposite yeah. reaction, it's the same. There are consequences, karma, the wheel of fate, God's revenge, whatever. Um, you pay. You're going to pay. I've had a lot of uh, not good experiences with men. And then a lot of, and Bill is, you know, my daddy is like really a, um, he's really good for me. We met organically too, but we've been together for coming up nine years. So we've evolved yes. a lot. Yes. You know, you, tr- you try to maintain that daddy, baby, girl dynamic and being married just doesn't have the same thing to it because now I'm your wife and right. I've got, I've got lots to say about things. Uh, I say it anyway. <laughs> um, but he, he grew up from very, very humble beginnings. So I knew that he always had potential to be a really, really good daddy dom. Mm-hmm. He just needed to be, men want attention Mm-hmm. They want to be it known that they want to know if they've done well. You know, yeah. they want to know that they're doing a good job. And if you're focusing on the negatives all the time, because there's plenty of negative to say about my daddy, there's other ways to say things not so negative. Yes. That's why men are the, are the, uh, the more sensitive sex. Cause Truly. you gotta, you gotta, yeah. Cause you gotta do a little bit of coddling. You know, you got to. Well, the reason is because they and it's just like your uh, zodiac sign, how Scorpios are and even cancers. Uh, Anything that has a like an M&M with a hard exterior shell and then they're soft on the inside. If you are never emotional, if you're never allowed to show emotion or. If your role has been, you know, you're an alpha and strength is a big turn on for women and men in general, even with men, guys on the playground, young boys, it's how they choose to use that strength. But we have just generally as humans either want to protect each other or know that we would be protected or whatever, especially as the weaker sex in general. Not that, you know, everyone is, but men, our daddy's age were taught, you know, boys don't cry. Yes. Keep your feelings inside. So anytime they're exposed, think of how sensitive that, I mean, yes, it's going to be like, you know, your tooth having a horrible cavity in it or whatever that's how sensitive their feelings are because they never see the light of day or air or whatever and then when they do it's just like super raw it's you know like in a sunburn (laughs) and i knew that he had mommy issues just uh just by the way that he would not open up and not talk about his feelings and such Mm -hmm. but also, that's another thing. Don't pry. It'll come organically. They'll start talking about it eventually. You know, you might have to just sit there and listen when they do want to talk about it. But I think he's always had the thing where he's wanted to take care of somebody. 
Mm-hmm. And that's where I come in because I will say it. My BDSM definitely comes from daddy issues and about not having a father there or one that's there, but he's really not there. He's more like, <laughs> you know, he's more like a guy that you see at a convention once a year. You know what yeah. I mean? Not really much of anything. Oh, yeah. There's him. Yeah. So uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> my daddy fulfills everything that I don't get there, that I don't get from my father. Yes. And has allowed me to live the life that I want to live. He used to say that the reason that he was so attracted to me at first is because I was doing everything. That I had I had like two jobs and I was taking care of the girls and and I still had time to go. Wonder Woman. Yeah, but I have to say, you know, what if my kids were neglected at that time? Maybe I didn't spend as much time with them as I should have during yeah. some formative years. I was pretty selfish back then, too, because... Did you have decent people, though, in their lives helping with their care? Oh, absolutely. Yes. That's what makes a difference, too. It's if you leave them with dirt bags and douchebags and people so that you can go do whatever you want and you have not vetted and made sure that they're with people who completely love them, then that is yeah. a very, you know... And we also split custody. So after my second husband and I got divorced, there was some time allotted where I could go and do parties and munches and stuff like that. Yeah. Plus my kids were older too, a little bit. But like I'm saying, in those formative, those very, very formative years, maybe I wasn't there as much as I needed to be. Yeah. And, and that's my cross to bear. <sighs> those are all decisions. I wasn't either. You know, I mean, I had, uh, fortunately, I had my adopted father who was my dad as well. But yeah, my growing up years were weird. My dad lived with me, but um, he, now I know, as I've gotten older, I know a lot of stuff. But he uh, he was a burn victim when he was very young. So he's very, very scarred and outwardly so. He had a lot of anxiety issues and things like that. And I had my younger sister and my older brother that lived there. And my grandmother lived with us, too. So it was a Mm multi-generational household as well as then my mom. So my mom and my grandmother's dynamic reminded me a lot of Mama's Eunice (laughs) and Mama's family. So... Uh, it was wild. That was my- mine too. That was my mother and my grandmother. Mm-hmm. They loved that, and they would argue whew, all the time. Well, it, yeah, it was not. It, it was not great. And then my mom um, was seeing my adopted father, but my dad had a lot of. I, my nickname was Dolly when I was little, and um, anytime he wanted anything, my service acts of service was my love language but how I showed love you know more than anything because that was the attention that he gave me even in the house no matter what he did not come to events or things like that um plays anything I was always left swinging um but uh he lived still in the same house so 
but I realized now he had a lot of anxiety issues as well. You yeah. know, like there was a lot going on with him. But my uh, grandmother was insane as well, strong, but from Alabama and very also opinionated. But uh, she loved soap operas and, you know, just... Uh, but anyway, my mom was more progressive than anybody else and was like, I'm getting out of this shit. And so uh, she, you know, anyway, but that was wild. But she divorced my dad and then married my um, adoptive father. And it was they were better suited for each other, for sure. And so, anyway, it just became it's weird blended families. And then when my were dad you died late later um, in the eighties, eighty one. Yeah, I was like fifteen, a little bit. No, I was older because I mean he was with us then, but um, it legally went through. I think they started the process then, but for me, it actually went through. I was 19 when the papers were signed and everything, but yeah, there's a, it was, and then the families were all kind of all blended together, but I had grown up fast. I left, I ran away from home when I was like 16 and I left. Scandalous. Uh, yeah. I was always too I got married when I was like away. 17, but I had, Try to commit suicide at 14, and it was so bad that I was in a mental hospital in Atlanta, Georgia, for um, like six weeks or so. Yeah. I could have gotten out. I was Baker acted. I was made to go there. And then I um, refused to follow any rules. <laughs> so, and I smoked cigarettes. Was it like Girl I, Interrupted? Kind of, but it was really weird because they, uh, you know, unisex or whatever mm -hmm. and variety of ages, too. So it was just like if you were just crazy, you were there, it didn't matter. So um, it wasn't like just a girl's ward and a guy's ward. It was mixed. I mean, they did, you know, like our, where we slept was separated, but we had to all be out in the common area except at bedtime and they had to take blood from us all the time or at least they did for me to make sure uh, yeah man it was I was dead serious about uh, doing it too so it was a uh, which main you know started part of the bad blood between my sister and myself because she had to break the window and get into my room because my grandmother lived with us and I had to uh this is weird because this is supposed to be about our daddies and now I'm telling my whole like weird life story. But he, you know, he wasn't there. Yeah. And actually he, uh, he had to come to therapy for me to get out of the... Not that I've ever attempted, but I mean, yes, I've definitely thought about it. And especially at a younger age like mm -hmm. that, you know, when you're called fat... Mm. ugly and you don't have i guess a father figure there to say no you're, you're yes 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 mm -hmm. you're all of these things so when a guy does tell you that whether or not he's being sincere or not you're craving that attention right, right there so yes i've thought about it 
So when I ask you this, you're not, you don't have to answer, but at that time, why did you feel like you needed to make that decision right then? Because I was always too chicken shit well, to do anything. I developed super early, as you know. And, yeah. and so um, I was not fat, but I was very shapely. I had big boobs, a very tiny waist and hips. I was like 36, yeah. 22, 36, whatever. When I developed so quickly, my dad pulled away from me. So my sister was still very skinny and straight mm-hmm. and, you know, boyish, tomboyish. We were both tomboyish. I was very tomboyish until I developed. Now this is your adopted father. No, this is my natural father. Your natural father. Okay. Yes. And so, um, and he had a lot of anxiety issues because of his burn. Yeah. Who, you know, all of that. He was an excellent bowler. He could have been a championship circuit bowler both of my parents did that they were in the midwest at this time he had um he was doted on when he was you know uh, he had a lot of his anxiety his mother when he came home from the hospital from being burned was like get this monster away from me and put him in an orphanage so you know he had a lot he was so he had a lot going on too what i'm wondering is you know, why he was pulling away as you were getting older, if he was, I don't want to say, you know, do you think that he could have been sexualizing you in some yes. way and was, I'm, and was I like, certainly I, feel I that. need to stay away yes. from that. That is what I feel. Yeah. Yes. Because, um, like I said, that, you know, in the beginning of our podcast about how much pornography was around the house, yeah. like literally all of the adults in the house from my grandmother, my dad, whatever read pornography. He, they, my parents both at that time worked at a printing company that printed it. Yeah. So any of the off books, there was always all kinds of literature in our house, you know, and I read, and I don't think that it was just out and about necessarily everywhere, but I definitely knew where it was. And it was not uncommon for everyone's dad to have like a playboy in the bathroom or whatever in the seventies. It was very normal for, um, heck I worked in a barber shop in the eighties after I got my hair license because perms were really big for dudes and stuff and barbers couldn't do chemical services. They couldn't do color or perm. So I worked and did perms and, um, I would sit there and just torture the hell out of men because, uh, I was hot and I red hair 19. Come on. And I would have like a Cosmo, but with the playboy jacket over it, you know, and they would just be so damn embarrassed. But there were always like Playboy magazines or whatever. So anyway, there was always I think that a lot of men did that to their daughters. I think a lot of men subconsciously do that to their daughters because, I mean, they've done studies now where they show how men um, like their brain when it comes to objectifying women, like seeing you in that is- one outfit. They see you as mom, wife. Yeah daughter sister whatever and then if you were to be naked it's like a switch that flips and immediately objectify you or Uh, a certain my own daughters have complained of that of 
you know, they'll walk around in bra and panties at their dad's house and they're always getting, you know, like, go put something on, you know, yes. you know, something like that. But when they're at my house, you know, we don't have that. No, it's not that they parade around with my husband there, but there will be times where they'll yell out, okay, Danny, I'm in a towel and just will like run downstairs. And, but my, they're not my husband's daughters. So he doesn't look at them like that well like he one he's not seeing them sexually the yeah the the fact that it's their father they're definitely going to guard against that um when my ex-husband i mean he had communicated to me he was very distraught but he was like literally freaking out because the kids you know, both were like in his lap jumping around or whatever. And he got a boner from them, but it's not them jumping around. It was the friction of the yeah. kids. Yeah. It's physiological, but he's like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. And I'm like, because you've, you know, you're super vascular and you got a lot of blood rushing to your peen and you got two little feet massaging your wiener. It's going to get hard. I mean, it's not like it's, this is a unexpected side effect of that happening. So then it was, he was very careful mm-hmm. after that about where they were bouncing around on him because that's a person that's not a pedophile. That's like, this is completely wrong. What's happening here? And, you know, I'm sure that it's been tested Johnson and Johnson and, whomever the who are they mckinsey the mckinsey who tested all the sex kinsey kinsey reports that's what i named my daughter after yeah oh fun (laughs) dr kinsey and she's like just she's gonna be celibate and never have sex unless it's robot sex me about it a lot she's like why did you name me that and i said i don't know i just i liked his work and I thought it would be a pretty name for a girl. It's horrifying. So, not that. <laughs> not Kinsey. Kinsey is a pretty name for a girl. Sorry. But I, I have a daughter that enjoys wearing things on the skimpier side. She should be able to wear whatever she wants to. But she should yeah. understand where her dad is coming from. If he wants her to cover up, it's because he absolutely does not want to sexualize her. He does not want to look at her and, you know, notice her soft curve of her shoulder or, you know, when she bends over her boobs or whatever. And you men are visual beings and they notice that and it grosses you out cuz I'm talking about your, you know, her it doesn't father. gross me out as far as I just, but I, I mean, no, I don't have boys and, but I can, I can sit there and say that I don't have, I don't sexualize my children in any way. Like, I don't know. It's just real. I just, you wouldn't even have those thoughts. And I, I don't I, either because you're a normal, uh, healthy person, but there are people who are not who do. But when you have boys, I don't look, you know, I haven't seen my son's wiener since he hit puberty. You know what I mean? And he doesn't walk around. 
to saying that men don't want to see it because they don't want to sexualize their children because they're Why visual you- and that's how they get turned on so these body parts that are turning people on just like the okay my gays that lived with me sexualized my son all the time all the time so if i if my husband was gay or fluid or bi he might would have to do the same you might would have to do the same you know what i'm like no i do not understand i would not without looking at them okay with your daughter it's okay and it's probably just uh, the difference between mothers and fathers there i i would really it's probably safe to say there's a very small percentage of mothers who sexualize their children i would like to say that but i'm not sure i think that there are a lot i think there's a this is where a lot of serial killers and aggressive why do you think that all the psycho and you know it's always their mother or it's the boys sexualizing their mothers mm-hmm. but well, it comes from somewhere and the, the oedipus complex yes and that happens with the daddy daughter thing from the beginning of time i mean and incest has truly been around like forever. forever and the people Since people the forget that you know what i mean yes it's, it's like yeah it have you read a history book? Yes. This has been very, going on. very common in especially in isolated rural yeah. areas and things like that. Now, I'm not saying that it is okay. Absolutely or that people, not. But that people have a normal thing. Since then. Correct. And I'm not condoning that, but there have been many, 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 many psychological studies about that with triggers and sexuality and men in general and how maybe they're that's wired my point. in this day and age you shouldn't be sexualizing your children you shouldn't be sexualizing anyone really that i mean technically you should take it you shouldn't be sexualizing anyone without consent but we do because we're still mammals i mean we still have sense and sensory and wired a certain way to be turned on by certain things. We have now gone into the autumn of our life where our drive may not be the same. We've grown. (laughs) We don't sexualize things as much or whatever, but you can bet your ass if you were, you know, hanging out with a lot of boy moms and you're over at their house in the summer and their son comes walking up who's 25 and completely built like a brick shit house and he's wearing gym pants or shorts and he's hung like a horse you're gonna notice and you're gonna sexualize that mother's child whether you mean to or not whether you'd act on that is something completely different because you like nice looking men and bodies and big dicks. Why wouldn't you sexualize that? You would, but it registers different because we get alarm bells in the back of our heads because we're moms that go, wah, wah, wah. This is terrible. You said 25. There's a huge difference between a, you have, Kids, Man, okay, 17, 17, then. 17. 
I can I can yeah. show you pictures of yeah. some of my friends' sons that you if you did correct. not know that who that that my, that was them, you my would. daughter's new friend when she fir- when he first came in, polite young man, pol- you know, very much. I was like, all right, he's gonna be good for her. What do you think of dude, mom? Well, I can see why you like him. And she goes, what? I said, he's got body, yaddy, yaddy, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. <laughs> and she was like, mm, yeah. So, yeah, I probably sexualized that child just by saying. And I look at it like, yes, in about eight to ten years, he's going to be a very, very nice looking man if he keeps up what he's doing. Yes. Yeah. But. You're at this age now looking at him when you were, imagine if you had seen same kid when you were 30, how you would be with that. Mm, You don't think the same? I don't know. You don't like what you like? Not in a 17 year old. I don't know. No, no. Because when I was 30 the the children were just like everything right there because they were they were all three small then right i had had my last child by the time i was 30 so i wasn't really but i see what so you're you saying so you never took them to the public pool and you're looking oh, at yeah. the lifeguard and then you get a, and then you re- find out he's 17 and you're like oh shit no i don't think so you see what i'm saying like we objectify yeah. men just like they objectify yeah. women we just do it differently and maybe more palpable to most people because the not everybody acts on it. But I have friends who are in long-term relationships with men that are the same age as their son. So, you know, I mean, age is a construct. Uh, yeah. It's weird to me. I have, you know, for me, no, you know like have you seen that uh 18 year old guy on tiktok i want to say his name is whitey i don't know is he beautiful he is he's beautiful people he looks like gaston from beauty and the beast yeah you know he's uh dark hair really blue eyes great teeth you know everything that you would but he sits here and he half asses lip syncing to like christopher cross's sail away oh, yeah sailing so, yeah yes <laughs> oh who does sail away come sail, sail away. away come sail Sticks. away yes okay no he doesn't sing that christopher or cross s- is or he'll sing like sailing take me away <laughs> or air supply i hope he yes. does some air supply yes a little bit of journey like slow yeah so all the women the middle-aged women they're just like creaming in their jeans yeah over this which guy. is just as gross as middle-aged and I'm guys like, i'm like uh jerking yeah. off to you know yeah. 18 17 18 year old women waiting for miley cyrus and uh freaking all the other little you know lizzie mcguire i forgot her little name anyway it doesn't <laughs> matter anyway waiting for them all to turn 18 and you're like you're so gross but like for many many years men because they didn't acknowledge that and it's shameful to them so instead of 
you know, with their raw emotions, owning that and being like, man, I am a freaking perv, but I don't, I'm not going to ever act on that. That's freaking weird. And so I'm going to make sure that I just shield my eyes from that. And then it's like, oh, let's shift all that responsibility to them instead of, you know, turning your head or being a gentleman or being like, oh, baby, you know, I think you're beautiful, but it'd be really nice if you didn't dress like that in front of daddy. Okay. You know how hard it's like, whatever. And then they get older. And then when they are old enough and they're teenagers and their command of their own body, then it's a lot just to, you know, be upsetting to them. You know, it's usually to rebel and be like, I'll wear what I want or whatever. <laughs> so See, I never had to really do that. I didn't have to worry about that because my dad wasn't there. And I had a stepfather and I mean, he was fine for the purpose that he was there. Yeah. Um, which was to bring in an income so that we don't lose our house. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't like the fact that he smoked. Yeah. At all. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm really, really surprised my mom put up with that, too. My mom smoked. My dad hated it. My stepdad hated it. But she had enough health problems as it was. And no, we should have had a family meeting. We didn't. It was like, this is the way it's going to be. And he had had kids that moved in. And that was kind of weird, too. Or he Mm -hmm. had a son that moved in. And that was weird because we had never lived with boys before. Yeah. And he was... Like, had never lived with girls before, and it was just him and his dad. So it was just really weird all around. We tried to mm-hmm. get along, I guess, and for the most part, we did. Any kind of fathering, he really didn't have. He did pull my boyfriend off of me one time when my boyfriend was too drunk, and I said, you can't drive home. No. And I took the keys from him, and it was like this in the middle of his truck you know like just wrestling he's trying to get the keys away from me so he can leave and i'm like no you're not gonna kill yourself no like that commercial (laughs) you'll kill yourself you're not going anywhere and my stepfather pulled him off of me he's like what are you doing boy i saved your life that night you're welcome (laughs) yeah He knows who he is. He's a really good guy. (laughs) Wow. Well, I was just ignored by my dad in the house. My uh, my sister got a lot more attention. Being ignored or being abandoned and just like never knowing. I guess I was ignored too, but I didn't put forth the effort to not be ignored. Like I didn't contact them or anything. Mm -hmm. Did you make the effort? Did you, like, try to get your dad's attention and it just wasn't going to? Well, yeah, like, I learned a lot of stuff because I just shadowed him. I just hung out, you know. Yeah. I was a peacemaker, really. I was pretty easygoing uh, as far as, like, I wanted to make everybody laugh. And my dad, uh, although Well, he... did you know you were being ignored then? Yeah. Or were you just so happy to be around him that you didn't notice well i would force the attention like i mean you know yeah i knew i was being ignored so it was look at me look at me look at me look at me you know so (laughs) 
It was, wow. And I was kind of the out, you know, for whatever reason, my brother would hang out with my younger sister more than he would me, you know, sometimes he would me and he was five years older than me. So like eight years, you know, not that he would hang out with her because really nobody hung out with her. That was, a, no, <laughs> I'm just kidding. There were neighborhood kids that were our age that we all hung out with, you know, we had other people, playmates, a lot of playmates or whatever. So but in the house, we would hang out together, whatever. But my dad would, you know, be working or wouldn't be working. And then, you know, it was wild. He had a lot of anxiety. He didn't, you know, he was a carpenter. Do you think that's better now that uh, more fathers are getting to stay home with their kids or just taking the the house husband role? There's lots of that going on right now. Well, he didn't know. The problem is he didn't. My mom was a feminist, and I feel like in a way to get her back was like, fine, you can just do. You can make you can the do living. it all. Yeah, or he would feel like a, a job, even though it would be, you know, like they were union in the Midwest. Yeah. And so whenever you went on strike, you couldn't work if you were, you know, union. Or whatever. He couldn't work the plant. Uh, You'd have to go walk the picket line or whatever. You pay dues, but yet the union doesn't pay your bills when they're striking. You would think that that dues would go on to cover that, right? But no. Uh, Just one more thing that misappropriated. Anyway, so, I mean, unions are great as far as wages and making sure that, you know, you have safe place to work and standards are being met and all that but what sucks is when they're in negotiations if they strike you you have nothing yeah and um my parents actually lost everything and i think that also caused some issues but um because of the union strike but my mom still managed to like she was like you know fuck this i'm working but she didn't work like in the plant she went and got like you know she worked in restaurants and stuff like that forever but she always uh was the one to carry the bills and all that kind of stuff and make sure everything was paid and everybody was taken care of and it sucked that she had to do all that because he had the ability to make four times her income easily and just didn't Mm, that's pretty shitty it is shitty right there yeah it is and so um and then he would you know he would work and do really well and then they left from uh illinois and came to move to florida after the plant uh fiasco and he had some he had a issue with his brothers too he had a lot of brothers he's like one of seven and he had um some of them, I think, started a carpentry business together, and my dad got a little screwed in that, too. And so, because uh, he was a baby and was abandoned by his mother, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he did get back with all of them. But I think trying to please them and show them, you know, whatever. I don't know. I have no idea. So I just know stories that I was told, but it's been a long time ago. So anyway, then my mom divorced my dad and he had gotten sick uh, while they were divorced. And we lived in Florida and my dad had moved to Georgia and we had been in Georgia. Like my mom, after I had tried to commit suicide, she had decided that this the house was toxic and she was done the relationship was toxic and it was manifesting 
Yeah. I was manifesting that. And so, um, which it all was. And, uh, so my mom, my sister and myself moved to Florida and my brother stayed with my dad and, uh, my mom was seeing Jack, but she had already been seeing him. We had lived in Florida and then moved to Georgia and then we moved back to Florida to for her to be with him. In all this time, my adoptive father was so much more of a dad. You know, he had all these other children. He already had six children. And uh, now his family would tell a different story as he's making the living and in an unhappy marriage and mm -hmm. whatever. You know, he's not the great dad that... I got to experience. Yeah. Just like people's lives are different. Even your sister and your lives were different. Even just being a few years apart from what your mom might've been able to do financially at one time to another time to whatever. And all of that can create resentment or not or whatever. But one thing that was, you know, my mom was never just, you know, fuck you she felt guilty because she wanted to leave he didn't want her to leave and uh she was just like you know no i'm done and but she was still compassionate and they got along you know yeah. he just he was who he was and he was very withdrawn anti-social all kinds of things and um, she wanted to live her life another way she did yeah. want to live her life another way and also um you know the thing is, is my dad was very smart he was not a dumb person he was very talented he was very smart he wasn't just dull and sat in a corner and didn't do anything do you think he if he would have very... got help that he would have yeah he would have been different i think it would have i think he would have thrived more i think he would have you know been content to be outside his bubble like I said he could have been a pro bowler on a circuit he there was a bar in Florida that he helped build that the bar itself he literally carved the bar it was absolutely beautiful and he did it he whittled it all with a parking with a pocket knife he just carved it all he was artistic he was a fire sign you know he was a Sagittarius well you don't know but I mean <laughs> he uh he you know he had a lot of personality and he if he knew you he would could be fun to be around and then you know he didn't like never work he worked but it had to be specific jobs and this thing and that thing and he liked working for plants you know so he worked for that one in illinois and then in georgia he worked for southwire for like years and years and years until he had to um he had emphysema really bad and he ended up you know being really sick and then being disabled from that and my mom helped him get all of his benefits and all that kind of stuff because she was very organized and good at paperwork and all of that and so um when he was dying though my adoptive father took care of his expenses took care of all my dad's medicine all of that kind of thing um took care of his funeral expenses so that my brother and my sister and myself could split his insurance policy and uh that's, I mean, honestly, why I took care of him, 
when he, uh, after my mom died yeah. and he was in an assisted living and his, you know, natural children were just kind of like, you can be in the assisted living. And he was miserable. Uh, he didn't want to be there. And I was like, do you want to come to Florida and, uh, I'll be happy to take, you know, you can, I cook all the time, the kids, you know, you'll fit, it'll perfect. And then the hurricane came and we had relocated. They had a place up here cause my mom liked to come back and forth between Florida and here. And, um, uh, so anyway, she, we came back up here after the, um, hurricane and that's when my ex left and I just kept taking care of my dad until like a year before he died which is when I started doing comedy but Sarah had graduated high school already and RJ was a senior and so he was driving and had a job you know and doing school and so I didn't have to be with them every minute of the day they were self-sufficient had cell phones I mean it was 2013 so when my um, dad passed but it was like 2012 when I started doing comedy and doing all that I don't know what the future brings for my dad and I sometimes I think about it and sometimes I don't just just kind of a little passing thought oh oh it's his birthday or before my sister and I had our little falling out, we would call each other and go, hey, did you call him today? No, I didn't call him. Are you going to mm-hmm. call him? No, I'm not going to call him. But I look at it now and I'm like, it's really his loss because my life is fantastic. My kids are fantastic. You know, he's only mm-hmm. met them a handful of times. That's sad. And, that's sad for real. And we, we've done like fun things at their house. Like they owned horses at one time and we took the girls out when they were little to like see them. Like I've tried to establish a relationship, but I was getting nothing back from it. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer in it's not my job because I'm the daughter. Right. That's, it's that's, the adult's it's job. It's the adult's job. Yes. Period. <laughs> because you're the parent. Yes. And I, that's what I hammer into my husband who has children call them text mm-hmm. them no matter what let them know that you're thinking about them it'll come around one day you know your your efforts will not go unnoticed mm-hmm. it might take some time but keep on doing those things my natural father was not i mean my mom was pretty much a servant she did everything like it would be cool if she was working two jobs and he kept the house clean and took care of everything but no i had to do all that shit like i that's why i ran away from home and got married and all kind of because i was already like well hell i'm already grown i'm already cooking i was cooking full meals at 10 for the family you know i mean uh do you get jealous of your friends like do you have friends growing up and they had like great dads now, I'm not saying that everything was perfect, but just, uh, you know, like on the surface, you know, mm-hmm. there's, did you know some great dads of your friends and you're like, wow, I'm really jealous of that. Well, like, yeah, I mean, they were different dads. I didn't think any of the dads were that great. You know, it was, uh, 
Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because you were a rebel in all dads. Yeah, they were all just dumb, you know. Yeah. They did, uh, you know, they just mowed the yard, had a bunch of freaking rules, didn't do, <laughs> you know, they drink Pabst Blue Ribbon every now and again, whatever. They were just, yeah, not very participatory either because they were working. Yeah. You know, moms were really ruled it. 70s, 80s, you got to think. Like, I grew up... Uh, so 1970, I was five. I, I see that. So you're you had dads that were working, moms that were home a lot, or they worked. And uh, so my grandmother lived with us. That was our primary caregiver. So you had a lot of grandmas taking care of kids and kids running wild when they weren't in school in the summer. Like we would leave and not come back home. That's you know, the joke about me being a redhead and an anti molestation device <laughs> is funny because it's true in the neighborhood that I lived in. I mean, you know, they had many, many other kids there to choose from that were running around all day and nobody knew who they, where they were or what they were doing or whatever. It was a, I mean, the childhood part wasn't that bad. We were all kind of in the same boat. People were working. And it was a little village really raising your kid. And small town America, back then you could do that. Big city America, no, you couldn't, you know. But the town I grew up in until I moved to Pensacola, Florida, didn't even have a red light, you know. The biggest crime that happened in that city were some kids that were like high school or college age broke into the pharmacy and spread pills around town and we all had to stay inside while our parents went and picked them up on a Saturday. <laughs> like, you know, I'm sure that there was crime in Rockford and Chicago and stuff like that, but we were really shielded. It was very kind of Mayberry, but in Illinois, you know? So, but it was like, oh my God, culture shock when we moved to Florida because it was a lot bigger. It was extremely diverse. We lived by the Navy base. So we had all these people that were so much faster and seasoned. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeehaw, even though that's not how I talk. Yeehaw. Yeah, it was wild. But well, I wonder if our listeners have daddies. Oh, I'm sure they do. What I can say about <laughs> daddy issues. Well, I think that what happened, fortunately, because mine was in the house, maybe I wasn't, you know, I did act out sexually for sure. But I think my dynamic with my daddy and the reason that I like the daddy brat is that he fulfills that gap that I didn't get from when I grew up too fast. Like when mm-hmm. I didn't think they were cool and my dad was not being participatory or you know my mom would literally have you did know, you ever talk to him about that as an adult or even as a teenager my dad mm-hmm. no I was done you know pretty much with everybody in my family when they were not um very helpful during the therapy part of my getting out and mm-hmm. things like that. It was like, uh, no, by high school, I had completely disengaged from everyone. So, you know, and that's when I left 
and I know my sister and I, again, the next issue is that two years later, after that incident, I abandoned her, even though she had a great, you know, with my mom and my adoptive father and, you know, there was a lot more money and she had more things and, you know, she but she abandoned her. No, I know that I did. She was very shy and didn't go places. You know, I mean, I, I was an outgoing older sister, you know, I forged the way. And so now she was stuck having to go to the store by herself and, you know, best friends or whatever. We're three years apart. And then I'm like later, we you were know, tumultuous the, the whole time. That's why all those other jokes that I tell are funny, but I can't, I'm not doing them now <laughs> like on the podcast, but yeah, sisters, it goes to sisters. figure. Sisters is a whole nother show. Yeah. We which, need to do yeah. a show on sisters for sure. Yeah. All kinds of sisters, but our yeah. sisters, soul sisters, women that you consider sisters. There are many Yes, I have a lot of sisters. I think for your question about daddies, though, and absent or there in the house, I think that honestly, it would have been better if he had not been there. Because the rejection of, you know, of the fact that they live in your house, they know what's going on, mm -hmm. and they don't make any effort to go to whatever it was yeah that's a that's a pretty good red flag of a shitty father like i tried to do comedy in eighth grade i tried to do a monologue and um uh no one was there on my team and if i had had a team parent who knew like where the punchline was to laugh i think it would have let more people know what I was doing because I don't think they knew <laughs> what the hell I was doing at eighth grade with this, you know, comedic monologue. Like we had to do yeah. other people's stuff. We, it's not like I got to write my own. Do you own, think like, you're the victim America's of talent? You know, they talk about Gen X being latchkey kids, and we were, you know, the forgotten kids because our parents had to work. Yeah, I just and, had an yeah. adult in the house where other people didn't yeah you know and of course that's shaped us the way we are today and now i look back at it and i was like oh my gosh i was a helicopter parent if i if we missed anything that our kids were doing like if i was your mother i would have totally been at your eighth grade yeah you stand up monologue yeah. oh yeah my i'd be mom, your biggest fucking cheerleader oh, i did that, that shit's for sure. fucking funny right there yeah my I did. I definitely. That's why I was a PTA mom and everybody else's mom yeah. and did everything is because I mine were not there because they were working. Or if my dad what sucked is as because he was doing carpentry or whatever until he went to Southwire. But you know he wasn't at Southwire then. So if he wasn't doing carpentry, but even at that time, I mean. We lived in Florida. My God, it would rain. You know, they'd be out of work if it rained, whatever, yeah. or jobs would finish. I mean, it was not uncommon if you did carpentry as a trade for feast and famine, just like hair. You have slow times. You have mm -hmm. busy yeah, I know times. All about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but my mom was the consistent money. I mean, she actually was working as at a place called Answer Call as an answering service person. And now there's something called 
and I don't think I'm this parent. I just, you know, times are weird. I have girls. I just like to know where you are. Yeah. I I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But they call them, you know, like hoverboard parents where they just hover over their children and they have to know what they're doing constantly. I might have been a little helicopter when they were little. Yeah. I uh, did not. I raised them, you know, to be somewhat hopefully independent because I had to be because they also I mean, they were kind of more like latchkey kids, even though they were older. You know, but again, I had a parent because my father, although I was taking care of him, um, his mind was great. He just physically had issues Mm -hmm. getting around and stuff. So um, uh, I'm glad that my son had him for as long as he did. But he still, you know, because their dad left. So, yeah, it's a sad cycle. I was always told my my grandfather was like everything to me because my dad wasn't there. And I think that my dad knew that, that my grandfather would always be there. Mm-hmm. So maybe he didn't have to work as hard. That's what I think happened he did. with his father, too. Yeah. Doesn't make it OK or make them. No. You know, I you find out that your grandfather is not the saint. <laughs> that everybody you know thinks he is he did what from what i've heard before he got saved and became a pastor Mm -hmm. he was very very much in and out of jail yeah you know for for petty things (laughs) i don't know i never heard abusive but i'm sure that was in there too um you know drinking gambling he even went back and did prison ministry you know after he got saved so that tells me that you know, he he probably was a rough guy to hang around. But the man that I knew was a goddamn saint in every sense of the word. He could do nothing wrong in my eyes. Um, and even when we died, my sister and I were at the casket. And we were like, you know, our real father's gone now. You know, this is. This is what it must feel like if your father dies, mm-hmm. because it was gut wrenching. I miss that man. Yeah, I always had gum and a twenty dollar <laughs> bill in his pocket. Would take us to Magic Market for ices after church, and we knew if we were bad, and he drove by that Magic Market and didn't stop, that we just knew. Okay, we were bad this tonight. We must have did something. <laughs> Yeah, if he didn't stop <laughs> for you. Yeah. <laughs> but spoiled us rotten. That's awesome. Bought me my first car. You know, did all those things. Taught me how to drive. Did all those things that you expect, I guess, a father to do. Mm-hmm. I would like to think that fathers have gotten better today. I know there's some really some still shitty ones out there. I think this pendulum swings back and forth in both ways, but I also think um, there are there are more. I think it's swinging back to where men are being mindful fathers again. Yeah, like people are not having as many kids, and a lot of people are choosing not to have kids. So the ones that are having children, and also I think women have decided to also make them a little bit you know sometimes you have to be like this is what i expect of you because like you said before 
men want to please you. Like, literally, if you want the key to men, I will tell you. I don't know if I should, but I'm going to. I'll tell you right now. Seriously. Just like I need said to know. about listening to them. You already know. You know the key to men. You, you do have to communicate your needs to them. You can, they cannot read minds, no matter how much it seems like they can. They are not 100% uh, thinking anything that you think that they are thinking. They are big old dumb dogs. Correct. There are some people who think that they're cats. <laughs> and yes, that can no, be their behavior. Dogs the want inside, attention. They want love. And they you want to please big old goofy you. Dog. Yes, and they want to please you. That's the thing. Yeah. Because you can always take them to the kill shelter, little fucker. <laughs> but. Oh, could you imagine we're going to get letters. Them, neuter. Neuter them. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Right away. Right. Please write here because they are very easy. Feed them every once in a while. You know, uh, you don't even have to give a BJ all the time, but occasional BJ or, you know, I take, there's debates on TikTok right now. There's women making videos of what they do uh, to get their husbands ready in the morning. Yeah. And, and so the, the routine that they go through. And it's really, I mean, yes, I have a routine that that I do for, for my daddy every day. But, you know, we're talking like, this is where, this is where I pray for him from seven Oh five to seven fifteen. Yeah. From five Oh five to five ten, I get up and make his coffee. I set out yeah. his vitamins. My aunt Edna Earl could absolutely have given a yeah. schedule like this. Yeah. My uncle Robert would come home for lunch and she would have it there waiting he would eat it. He would go lay down on the bed and yell, an Earl, come in here and crease me. And she would pull his pants out and crease them while he's laying there on his back, <laughs> set a freaking timer and set in between the telephone and the door in case the doorbell rang or the telephone within that 10 minute time period. And by golly wake him up in that 10 minutes so he could go back to the pharmacy and do his job and i was appalled the first time i heard that i was like are you kidding me but on the flip side of that my edna earl has had never i mean they've passed now but she had never put a gallon of gas in their vehicles and there was always gas in the vehicle if she wanted to drive yeah. it never did any maintenance with that never touched the outside lawnmower clipper anything that was considered man's work but <laughs> she didn't do it so she never had to do that and i was floored because I had never in my life seen anything work that way because my mom literally did it all and that is what I thought I was supposed to do yeah and we talk about you know men like this but honestly in any relationship the key is to communicate with each other communicate what your needs and your wants are and expectations yes you know not everybody For anybody yeah all of your relationships some people grew up with people whose love language literally was acts of service so for them to be treated as though you know uh, they had a 
maidservant or something out of a parent or a Mm. sister or an aunt or whatever it's a terrible cycle to break and um you know a lot there are a lot of people who just do things because they're ocd and it's easier to do it themselves than ever have you do it so you know it's weird if somebody grew up in an environment where you know even if they missed the trash, somebody immediately picked it up and put it in there. They didn't even have to think about it. They just threw it over there and never thought about it again because their parent was so freaked out. They, instead of saying, hey, go pick that up and let's have an argument about this for 25 minutes till you realize that you will do whatever the hell I say, <laughs> you know, then it, I'm just going to pick it up and keep the peace and I'll be happy and they're fine. That's how you create people who seem that they are so, you know, all about themselves. Like, can you say that bitch missed that trash can? Didn't even pick that up. You know, that's how you get those people in the world. (laughs) Somebody probably catered to them and they just don't even know. Oh, I should probably be a good human and walk back these three steps and bend over and pick this damn cup up and throw it in this trash can that's right here beside it. Say, write to us about your daddy issues yeah. at gabbingirltime at gmail.com. Yeah, you can find us on all the social media. Uh, check out Bruce Tonsils at TikTok, Fet, uh, Gale Time on Instagram, and maybe TikTok on occasion. And <laughs> there's Gabin Gale G or something like that on Twitter. It doesn't matter. Follow us on Facebook at Gabin Girl Time. I'm Gail Grantham on Facebook on both my regular one and my page. And we really want to tell you. Thank you so much for listening to us. I know, right? I every week I'm just floored that people actually listen to us and and like, hey, I heard this show or people come up to me at a comedy show and say, Hey, I love your podcast. Or people fun? come up to you at Temple and go, Oh, I love what you're doing. Isn't that great? Yeah. It's, it's awesome. awesome. Oh, 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 oh. Jinx. It is fun. I don't know. I enjoy being with you and having uh, our Gabin Girl time and talking. Yes, and being creative, (laughs) and it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Uh, It's I don't know. It's a cool. It's a cool gig. It is interviewing different people. We have your daddy to thank because to round this all together. Yeah, bring it best. Like he's our producer. And he's the best. He's the one that goes, okay, you girls get your shit together. I got to have this, this, and this. Yeah. And we go, okay. Thank you for letting us use your space. Not only that, what's cool is he specifically created this space so that we could do this. It's not just his space. He's, I mean, he's been really my primary supporter. I don't care if I... Like, I I mean, it would be super cool if I really hit, but he also knows that there's a path where I can do this and make a living yes. and uh, where I can live the rest of my life living out my dream or, you know, my fantasy of being a stand-up comic. And uh, it's very exciting to have somebody 
this is my knowledge base and this is what I have and I will give you anything that I have to make your dream come true. And like my whole life, I've never had anyone that I have dated or anything be the one to sacrifice for me. And that's pretty cool. Plus, I mean, he definitely has his own stuff and he is not hurting at all but I mean he has dreams too he has things that he would like to do and he's very he's done a lot of really cool things and could he could very well say hey you know what I can totally do that I could be a comic you know I mean he's been to a lot of open mics he was in theater he's a theater major he's written plays he wrote poems you know I could write jokes for him and he could stand up and deliver them But what's cool is he's like, but this is, you know, what you want to do. And I also don't have what you have. So, you know, I'm not going to be like a Jerry Stiller and, uh, oh man, what was her wife's name? Oh my gosh. What's Bill Stiller? Um, it's, I see it. I see it. I see it. I see it, I see it, I ben see it. Ben is the son. And Mira. No, Jerry Stiller's Mira. Yeah, you were saying Ben earlier. It's Jerry Stiller and Anne Mira. Mira. Yes, you could be that. But they already had that. And Sonny and Cher and all of that. <laughs> I just want to be me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we thank you so much for listening to Gavin Girl Time. Bing.